The mid-90s attempts to make an internet thriller and fall short of the actual horrors that came to be. Welcome everyone to Rebooted! The podcast where we are recasting classic movie reboots so Hollywood doesn't have to. This week we're talking about the 1995 cyber terrorist thriller The Net, starring Sandra Bullock, Jeremy Northam, and Dennis Miller? Question mark? I'm gonna come out hot straight out of the gate and Uh say I think this is a fantastic movie. Oh. And apparently Hollywood also thought this was great because they made a straight-to-video sequel and a television series that did not succeed. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I had specific memories of Dougray Scott being in this, and Uh I was completely wrong. (laughs) Yeah, he does look a lot like Dougray Scott. You know what that makes me think? We gotta do Ever After again. (laughs) We did Ever After! (laughs) Twice! Look, uh, here's the problem. Pop yourself into concert information. Alright. Houston Utilities. Um, Dale, I think you took a wrong turn here. Not quite Ticketmaster, is it? See anything unusual? Mmm, no. Looks like a normal web page to me, except for that little... Who's that little icon at the bottom of the screen? Click on it and then press Control-Shift. God. So, what do you make of all this? Simple. It's a it's a programming glitch. It's just a futz keystroke that sent you to the wrong internet address. That's all. Last night it sent me to Amtrak Central Mainframe, and then the Mayo Clinic. Neither of them on the same subnet. Angela, I've accessed a system I shouldn't have. If someone gets a hold of that disk, they'd have an awful lot of power. I mean, if you love early '90s JPEG art of what people thought the internet was, this movie is for you. Like a lot of like early bit art of- uh-huh everything looks like what children's early education websites look like now like she orders a pizza and it's like check the box cheese no extra yeah. cheese when Pepperoni. i was a kid we would always like pretend like play hacker it's like hack the thing and you would open up like a video ga- you would open up like monkey island and like the menu would come up and you would just click buttons that's how this movie portrays actual Hacking, yes. which is fantastic. I also have a big question about this because in the Mozart's ghost scene, we find out that this uh, virus, what it does, I'm going to say this as technically as possible. What it does is it takes you into other websites that you should not be in like it can gain you access to anything even if it's like the mayo clinic (laughs) and access to not public records within that and immediately i was like this has been featured in another movie before sneakers sneakers where the technology that they're trying to thwart is one that allows you access into like the most secret things in the world, yeah. which was like a few years before this, right? Yeah, it was before. I, I mean, I'm not a film historian, but it does feel like <laughs> sneakers started the trope of like you log into secret X software and literally every blueprint for every nuclear facility flashes <laughs> across the screen just to visually show that you're like you're looking at like craziness and like planes planes are a big one because i think in sneakers it's like oh you can get into like all of the um like air traffic stuff and that's what happens in this movie is all the flights are like all messed up it's, while it, she's in the airport yeah. sneakers sneakers i think handle it in a little more technical way mm-hmm where it wasn't just like, I have access. It, well, it, it, the way that they get in, I felt, was a little more plausible than just like, here's a here's a virus hidden within a, <laughs> a band website, hidden within a security company program or something. I don't know. It's also, I guess, indicative of what everyone's biggest fear was about the internet yes. in the 90s, yeah. which is like, well, if you, if we put stuff on the internet soon enough hackers are going to gain access to everything 
and we just they're just gonna <laughs> cause did they know havoc we would just freely give our information away oh yeah yeah, yeah. at a on the at the drop of a like the of, people in 1995 app. who were like oh yeah i'm never putting personal information on the internet that's crazy are now the people who are like oh well i want to see what i want to what i look like if i'm 85 <laughs> so let me just enter my email address in the last four digits of my social and i can have access to that <laughs> oh boy anyways welcome everybody to rebooted i'm your host brian flynn with me as always is kenna trent uh we are going to take a classic hollywood film and recast it as if it was to be remade today um but before we do that we have some hollywood news about actual reboots actually happening um if you're new to this podcast guess what we've been around for a little bit this is our fifth year doing this, which is crazy to think about. <laughs> it's true. Uh, last year had a little asterisk on it because we were just very, very busy Hollywood people. But um, we finished the year with a story about this, uh, about an episode about the Santa Claus starring Tim Allen. Well, guess what? Tim Allen and the Santa Claus is rearing its head in 2022. Tim Allen to headline the Santa Claus sequel series for Disney Plus from Last Man Standing Team. This is from Deadline. This week? Yeah, this week. Holy crap, yesterday. Yeah. Tim Allen is returning to Disney and the North Pole. The actor-comedian is set to star in and executive produce The Santa Claus, working title, a Disney Plus original <laughs> limited series in which he will reprise his role as Scott Calvin from the Walt Disney Pictures holiday franchise. What are the chances? Also, what else, what else are they going to call it? <laughs> What a specific detail to be like, we're not, it's not, of course, and the thing is, it may not be confirmed as being called the Santa Claus, but that's what it is. Right. Well, what's the Mighty Ducks uh, show called? Mm, Mighty Ducks. The Mighty Ducks. I think it's just called the Mighty Ducks, right? Yeah. Yeah. Why do you think? Oh, Game Changers. Oh, whatever. But yeah. it's still called Mighty Ducks. It's still called right? Mighty Ducks. Yeah. Yeah. What are, yeah. They're not changing the title of the Santa Claus. Yeah, I the chances are actually this is just a really funny coincidence um, because obviously we enjoy this movie and I, I'm like, sure. Yeah. According to this article, the story is going to be about Santa Claus kind of getting older and wanting to spend more time with his family and maybe pass the reins over to somebody else. And so he's looking for somebody else who can be Santa Claus. And he has, so we know he has Charlie, his child from the previous marriage, previous marriage. And then he has two kids with Mrs. Claus (laughs) 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 who are now adults. Um, what what do we think? Do we think do we think everybody's going to reprise their roles? I, do we think I don't know. I mean maybe do we think Bernard is still there. Crumholtz is available, <laughs> I think. For the right price, he's available. But, do I think Bernard the elf <laughs> is still around? Yeah. But also doesn't that pose a lot of issues if he's still there, but he had he's now like in his forties? And he's still a, a child elf. <laughs> and all of the other elves are children. Yeah, I think it would be great. They just, they're just, like they just don't 45, like Bernard's 42. And he's still just like, what are you talking about? I look exactly <laughs> the same. He's got that dumb wig. I, uh, <laughs> well, both of us, I believe, said that we would reboot the Santa Claus. So mm-hmm. we got our Christmas wish. Look at that. Yep. Santa is real. Um. Okay. Is there anything else? That, I mean, I I think this means for itself. Yeah, I, I think we're I think we're starting off strong in 2022 with the Hollywood reboot news. Um. All right. Great. Well, that really puts an end to 2021. Let's look ahead to 2022. Are you ready to talk about this movie? Absolutely. Guys, this is our reboot of the net. Cathedral software. Russ Melbourne. Mr. Melbourne is no longer with the company. What do you mean? What? May I connect you to someone who could help you? I don't, I've never, I've never, I've never dealt with anybody in operations. I don't. Who may I connect you? No, anybody else. Um, the head of head of security systems. Please look, just tell them that it's Angela Bennett. Thank you. I'll put you through to Miss Bennett. What? No, I am Angela Bennett. 
Hello? Hello, this is Angela Bennett. <sighs> Who is this? This is Angela Bennett, hello? You have the wrong person. I don't I don't know what you're talking Angela, about. Angela, we're not offering an option here. Just give us the disc and we'll give you your life back. I don't understand. I don't have your disc. I don't know what you mean. It's at this point in the movie <laughs> where I am on the edge of my seat. <laughs> like the anxiety that it has it caused me to be watching her like it starts in Mexico and she's trying to get a visa so she can leave the country because she's lost everything and they're like oh this is your name <laughs> so she has to sign a fake name to get a temporary visa to go back into the US and everywhere she goes it's like she doesn't exist it's so infuriating and made me so anxious oh my gosh I yeah the fear in this movie like what's what is effective in this movie isn't like the threat of this internet bullshit it's the fact that like this woman is isolated mm -hmm. and has no one like she has willingly left society to just be on the computer and it's coming back to kind of terrorize her which i think kind of like tra translates to today i think you know we'll get into it but um it's bit like the moral of this story is talk to people <laughs> like let people see your face make friends Make a don't, friend. Don't be anonymous or someone could conceivably make the world think you don't exist. Yeah. Which it's at that point that I was like going through that thought process that I was like, it's then it makes sense why story wise her mom has Alzheimer's. Right. Because even her mom can't verify her identity. That's the heartbreaking part. Uh, that call when she's in the police station. And uh, she's like, I just so need horrible. you to tell these people. Sandra Bullock acts the shit out of this role, yeah. and it's like all these like le like small little meek little like gestures that she does during it, and you're just your heart just breaks. Yeah, it's so sad. She's so good. The net stars Sandra Bullock as Angela Bennett, Jeremy Northam as Jack Devlin, and Dennis Miller as Doctor Alan Champion. Uh, like you said, this movie did spur a short-lived TV show in 1998 and a direct-to-video sequel named The Net 2.0, mm -hmm. directed by Charles Winkler, son of the original director Erwin Winkler, director of such movies as Life as a House. Hmm. Uh, not a lot of directing credits, but he was the producer of the Rocky Creed series Goodfellas and The Irishman. Like mm, My favorite um, movies your top five favorite movies i think it's like goodfellas one oh, the yeah. irishman two mm -hmm. rocky through creed love a mob movie um yeah erwin erwin winkler seems to be like a legend in this industry so um this is one of his like only movies he directed which is which is kind of crazy um yeah this movie's i think this movie's pretty good mm -hmm. like it's just the internet stuff it just doesn't translate to today i think we're just so like we're so over it. Like we're we're beyond what people thought the internet actually was going to be. But here's here's where I think it does adapt, and it's where this movie does not actually mine a lot of its potential, which is the sort of political thriller side of it, because we barely get to know the main villain. Right. Is his name Jeff Gregg? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> to with two G's, so you know he's a real shit. Jeff Gregg is the head of a a cybersecurity company who has a program called The Gatekeeper. And they are essentially sabotaging everybody so that they will buy this computer software so that they have access to everything in the world. And we only see Jeff Gregg interviewed on TV. We never right. meet him. Right. We only see his lackeys. And the crux of the movie that, like, we really don't dig into this very much. And I wrote it down so that I would understand my train of thought here is at the very beginning of the movie, we see someone who works in the government kill themselves. Very sad. We find out later it's because he, he had AIDS and he was, uh, distraught vehemently against, uh, gay people and gay rights. And so he decided to kill himself. You know what he's in favor of? 
his number one boy being back on track. Did you hear that line Wait, of dialogue? What? So before he his kills himself, boy, he calls his wife. Oh, he calls okay. his family, basically say goodbye. <laughs> but he has a conversation with his son about like how he needs to get his grades up. And then his wife gets on the phone and he goes, our number one boy is back on track. And then he blows his brains out. <laughs> it was like. He, he essentially is like, hey, don't worry about our son. It's fixed. Yeah. I'm a dad of the year here. You'll always remember me for this one. So we find out that he's the undersecretary of defense? Question mark? Maybe? Something like that. And the national security. So this is what I could piece together. So they wanted to kill the undersecretary. So they hacked into a hospital computer so that the computer would give him the wrong test result so that he would think that he had AIDS because they knew that if he thought he had AIDS, that he was so homophobic that he would off himself. And that was the plan. We'll talk about the villains in this a little bit more because I also believe the villains, by extension, their henchmen are the most incompetent people on earth. But, but like you've got Jack, it all wrong. They're the Praetorians. That's They're also the- what I was confused about because, like, I in my mind, until you just clarified, I thought the Praetorians were like a terrorist hacking, like anonymous kind of like yes shadow group that infiltrated gatekeeper and because gatekeeper has been going around and like promising internet security and then jeff greg (laughs) with two g's at the end Uh two first names two first names i didn't i didn't realize he was a part i thought it was like he was just like i'm selling a shit product to people no he's He's a part of it that's right because she finds who put oh right because she googles him she she pre-googles him when she finally shows up to her office, which she's never been at. She this goes, movie's crazy. She goes to the, like, whatever. What is it called? There's, like, a name for the... Um, Security company? The place you go in the computer to just, like, input commands. Anyway, she just starts being like, who is so-and-so? <laughs> who is Petoria? I want to say... I keep wanting to say Patronus, which is not what they're called. Fun. Makes it a little more fun, though. Praetorius? Praetorians? God forbid I Google it with my supercomputer in front of me. (laughs) Honestly, the net could only... Oh, but back to my original point, I think that that is the convoluted reason why they wanted to kill him or how they decided to kill him. I don't even know why they killed him. They just decided to kill him. That, her knowing that, I think is great. Um, That is a great jumping off point for the drama of a film is to be like oh and that feels very current to be like oh there has been falsified information that is either this person has killed himself or they are just their reputation has been ruined Mm -hmm. blah 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 and she finds this information out about them like that alone i'm like that just takes us on a journey yeah but we actually don't really care about that in this movie (laughs) And so the fact, like, at the end of the movie, she destroys Gatekeeper. She exposes everybody. But I'm like, did she not tell anybody about what happened to the Undersecretary? Because he did not have AIDS. No, I think it's all, it's all, it all comes out when the virus, virus, virus washes away the Gatekeeper, uh, Praetorians. Oh. Praetorians is the group is the is the cyber terrorist. When it washes away their like backdoor. So bullshit. you think after <clears throat> after she gets rid of it, everything will like go back to normal. I think that's what happens at the end with the news okay. report. Cause like she literally watches the computer screen pixelate into <laughs> kind of back into her own like face or something like that. I don't know. And then actually in a genius transition it then pixelates into flowers yeah it was really beautiful. It, it basically turns into a monet painting um or van gogh painting let's talk about angela bennett played by sandra bullock um and i think the most important thing about this character is her pizza order which bugged the shit out of me so oh, what does she actually saying, order she orders an anchovy and garlic pizza Ooh. because she knows she ain't kissing nobody tonight Listen. so she was like Stink it up. Let's let's <laughs> I get want the, the nar- 
smelling pizza. <laughs> you get me that fucking anchovy garlic stench in my mouth right now that it's and I'm going to eat so much of this goddamn pizza. Mm-hmm. It's going to be it's going to be coming out of my pores. No man <laughs> will ever ever want to be around a woman like this unfortunately she looks like sandra bullock in the 90s so say, what the fuck are we talking the about? actual thing though about angela is that people are hitting on her consistently for like for the first 10 minutes of the movie the guy that she w- works with or a client a of her basically is like, asked her out on a date and will not take no for an answer you are a genius angela i can't thank you enough you might think differently once you get my bill from Cathedral. Look, whatever it is, it's worth it. Angel, I'd love to show you my appreciation. Take you out to dinner tonight, some drinks, get you out of the house. Oh, I'm very flattered and appreciative, but I... You gotta eat. Uh, it's... Unfortunately, I already have dinner plans, so... How about tomorrow? The next day? And then she's in the chat, which we have to have a whole side discussion about the chat room. Cyber Bob, baby. She's in the chat room talking to Iceman and Cyber Bob, who is also hitting on her. Then she goes to Mexico. <laughs> it's it's. I feel like they're trying to tell us like her biggest flaw is that she looks like Sandra Bullock. And so people are never... Even though the people at the beginning don't know what she looks like. They just... See, drawn I took to her. that as like, there's a deeper character issue in here like she straight up looks like one of the biggest movie stars of our time Mm -hmm. she looks phenomenal every man would fall in love with this woman she would have no problem getting dates but then so why is she just like hanging indoors there seems to be there's got to be some sort of maybe not trauma but there's got to be like some Something happened to her where she's just like, like today, Dana went out to walk. We're dog sitting. So we're walking a couple dogs today. Okay. Some guy just pulls up in a church parking lot and was like, hey, I know you. You live around. You live over. And she's like, get the fuck away from me. (laughs) So like, I can see why women want to stay indoors all the time. Well, even if they look like mega movie star Sandra Bullock, like, well, that's I get the it. thing is at the beginning of this movie, I was like, oh, is part of this whole thing that she's like agoraphobic, maybe? That's what I was thinking. And like, so she, like she yeah. she does not want to go out and have drinks. She doesn't want to go out to get her pizza. She is happy in her cyber world. These are her people. But no, she like the next scene is her going to visit her mom. And we're like, oh, OK, well, I guess I guess she's just a loner. She's just not yeah. interested. In- she doesn't like people or something like yeah. that. It's not very clear. I feel like we can clarify that in a yeah. modern version. Because that to <laughs> me is like, I know people like that. Where it's just like, I just, I get my groceries delivered. I get my food delivered. Yeah. I get everything from Amazon. It arrives at my door. I don't have to like see people. It's great. And it's like, you're going to get netted. <laughs> you're going to get netted. To make everybody think. You don't exist and kill your friends. <laughs> yeah. The only problem with updating this movie now is Zoom, like, theoretically people would know what she looks like. Right. Like, the ability to video call. Yeah. That's true. Right. Um, but, yeah, that said, I think it's pretty easy to imagine a person like Angela, you know, um, just someone who doesn't do well in IRL connections. Like, she just doesn't want to, like... Yeah. There's there's like a fear there, right? Like what, whether whether it's like agoraphobia or like something in her past like caused her to just like not trust people or something. But here's the thing. She goes to Mexico and a guy on the beach orders a very specific drink that she also loves. And so they have that little connection. And pretty soon... They're having a whole grand evening together. She goes out with him alone on his boat. Like, it contradicts in such a way yeah. where I'm like, I want her to be a little more wary of the fact that she does not know this man. She is not a smart lady in this movie. No. No. I mean, and do I think maybe that this was made at a time where people were like, I mean, she's a woman. Like, if a guy's going to take her on his boat, she's just going to go. Today... <laughs> I think we have Dude, a little you wouldn't more. get on a lime scooter with a fucking guy if he showed up. Like, oh, my gosh. No. And I feel like today we just would have the faith to be like, if a woman did that, we would just stop believing the movie because 
no, I'm not going to take, I'm not going to go out on a boat with you. You are going to murder me. So are you now saying, well, I'll just, we, we got to kind of move this along, but I have a question for you. I, I so, okay. <clears throat> I ended up casting Elizabeth Olsen, who I think is okay. an amazing actress and, and can play someone that like, doesn't want to have anything to do with anybody. But what you just said, um, I'm interested. Like, does that mean that 2022 Jack is played for a good guy a little bit longer? Like, is that romance stretched mm. out a little bit more? So it it's not like, get on my boat and let's have sex immediately. And we have to trust him. We have to trust him because we need to get to a point where we believe that she trusts him. Mm. Because ultimately, if I meet you during the day and maybe we have dinner safe, we're at like a resort or whatever in Cozumel. Okay. And then you invite me like, I, I just listen to too many podcasts and watch too many datelines at this point <laughs> to be like, Oh, that night for sure. I trust you enough to go alone into the middle of the ocean with you. I would a hundred percent be like, I don't know. Maybe let's like grab coffee in the morning, see what happens. No, I'm not, I, yeah, I balk at that. And I have a feeling a lot of other women would too. I, I think it would have been, I think maybe it would work better today if like Jack invites her out into, an, to do a thing that should be in public. And you mm. do this thing where you realize like the boat captain's not here or like, I don't know yeah. what it would be, but like, like it, like they go to a private beach and then somehow she realizes that he's cut her off from like the rest of the group and she's like isolated on a cliff like you know that i feel plays a lot better than like get on my boat we'll have champagne and fuck and then you'll trust me implicitly and you'll think that you're like right anyways i i my my cast kind of got sidelined because i i I wanted to ask you that question but i ended up picking elizabeth olsen who i think is a tremendous actress Mm -hmm. I, i love her in all this marvel shit i would love to see her in literally anything outside of marvel like yeah i yes so that's who i picked agreed i feel like i haven't seen her outside of marvel in a while i agree i think elizabeth olsen is great ultimately because we just want to see i think there's a version of this movie where sandra bullock doesn't pull it off like there's something about her where it's like yeah this could be a movie where we're just like there's no way she's a hacker but she sells it so well Uh That most of the time I'm not like, it's not that thing of like (laughs) hacking into the mainframe and you're just pressing random buttons. Like I believe everything that she's doing. And I think Elizabeth Olsen also like has the ability to pull that off where there are other people out there where I'd be like, "Mm, no, it looks like you're faking it. It looks like you're saying lines. Also, you know, she's an Olsen. She knows what it's like to lead a private life. She understands that, like, the media has come for her family for years. Mm -hmm. So maybe don't talk to the media. Maybe stay inside a little bit more. Maybe be a private person. I don't know. They should have called that FedEx guy. Or was he one of the Praetorians? No, because he gave the disc. He was the guy that... uh, Oh, he gave her the Mozart's... Mozart's ghost. Do you think there was a ska band in an actual life that was (laughs) like, let's just be Mozart's Oh, 100%. Uh, Who did you Um, pick? I picked Victoria Pedretti Mm. of The Haunting of Hill House Mm. and Bly Manor and You, the Netflix show You. I just think she's tremendously talented and uh, has like kind of led several TV shows in a way now that I'm like, I think she could she could take the helm of a movie like this. Yeah. I just think she's a really interesting actress. So yeah. she's really good. Let's give it a go. Yeah, I just saw her in the haunt I just I just watched The Haunting of Hill House. Oh, she was wow. really good in it. And I've seen episodes of You. She's really she yeah, she's really talented. I, I feel like she's Netflix's like Catherine Hepburn. <laughs> Netflix is like, oh, we're gonna gosh. keep oh, you no. <laughs> under contract. For everything we need you to do, which is great, but like, yeah, she should, she should start. We're gonna pop you full of pills and <laughs> stand you up in front of a camera. Um, yeah, I think, I think a, it should be said that in 1995 to have like a female-led hacker 
movie in which she pretty much single-handedly like saves herself mm-hmm. is pretty rad. It's pretty cool. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Because one of the reason, one of the, I guess, cool things about it is that there aren't many characters. And so much of this is on her shoulders that really it's about like a woman who has to, nobody knows who she is. So she has to save herself. Can we talk about uh, Ruth Marks, who they turn her into? I, yeah. This is a caricature of a bad of a. It's like she's a drug dealer, but also a sex worker and a cop killer and an arsonist <laughs> and like an assassin. Like, I think I was I was a little shocked at the end of the movie when you realize that she they switched identities with, with Ruth with actual Ruth yes like she is someone who is a Praetorian like works for the Praetorian. which is confusing because you're like so did she actually did Ruth, real Ruth actually commit all these crimes and that's the thing is that you see Jack at one point like inputting he's like changing her record so he's yeah. like inputting stuff being like a dash of uh, a dash of assault here, like a little bit of like Larson, yeah, yeah, like so. Is did he just really mess up R- Ruth's life? like Ruth looking <laughs> this way? No matter who, what. Also, what why her didn't they just is. make up a fake name? That's a great question. Uh, it's That's just, true. You have the ability to just create someone. This is again. Let's move on to Jack because I need to talk about how bad these bad guys are. Jack is a dumb idiot. <laughs> Jack, played by Jeremy Northam. Jeremy Northam's first, I think, the first feature film. Um, are we sure this isn't Doug Ray Scott? Are you sure? It says Jeremy Northam, but I'm like... He's a different person. I'm pretty sure this is Could Doug Ray Scott. Could Doug Scott have played this role? Absolutely. Okay. But they're not the same person. <laughs> I mean, he... Okay, so this Jack... This guy, Jack is running pretty close to like an insane character. He is really bad at his job. So much so that Ruth literally tells him at one point, if you had just shot her in the face, instead of like actually fucking around on a boat, none of this would have happened. You fucking moron. Yes. And there's so much of the buildup of this movie that I would just shift slightly because by the time they get on the boat, we know that he's a bad guy. Yeah. And we know he's looking for a disc. We assume the disc she's been working on. And I don't love that because then we just see him kind of like move aimlessly. Like they get on the boat. He show we, he shows us he's packing and then he goes up and she kisses him and he's just like, okay, well. And it's like, well, you have her out in a boat in the middle of the ocean and your goal is to just get it over with. Yeah. Take the disc and go. And <clears throat> you very specifically leave the gun in your jacket kind of unattended, assuming in the mess of clothing that's going to happen, nobody's going to notice this. And are just like lounging around with her in a way where I was like, all like sexual desire aside, this was so stupid. You have the gun, shoot her. Yeah. Shoot her. But it's also, it's never played like he is actually falling for her because like the whole time, you know, he's here to kill her. So it's like, it's all fake. It all reads false. And then later he's like, I did find you attractive. I was like, well, that, doesn't explain why you didn't just shoot her. Like, that should have nothing. You're bad at your job. Hey. Hey, I hope this isn't how you greet all your old lovers. It's not exactly the category that you fit into. Huh? I'm surprised you didn't kill me, then fuck me. It was difficult, right? Because I was attracted to you. I still am. I'm genuinely attracted yeah, to well, you. Yeah, well, I'm the genuinely attract half the Santa Monica Police Department. Don't go Which, here's the thing, too, is I imagine that that was a note that they got given at some point because the lines that are sprinkled about to kind of be like where he says like I was really attracted to you I'm still attracted to you at another point he tells her like oh like the things it does to me when I just hear your voice like it's that's it it's not like actual emotion behind it it's just like oh let's remind people that he actually like it's sort of like sociopathy in a weird way like I I'm trying to I'm trying to circle the square here a bit like 
is it just vanity? Like, that's how I saw Jack. I was like, oh, maybe he's just, like, really fucking vain. And so, like, his intelligence drops significantly because the whole time in this boat, he's like, well, she's not going anywhere. I might as well have a little bit of fun. And obviously she wants to fuck me. That's why they sent me on this job because I'm exactly who she wants to fuck. And um, so why not? Why not have a little, you know... Uh, why not mix, mix business with, with pleasure? But then it's like, hey, dum-dum, you fucked up so hard. Yeah. So fucking hard. Because you're right. Like, the whole time he's just like, oh, I miss you. Like, you know, it doesn't have to be this way. It's just like, just ki- fucking kill her. Just fucking kill her. And that's where I think it would be way more interesting if we spend a longer amount of time liking him and then we find out that he's a bad guy mm. when she does. So who did you pick? So I picked because if you haven't seen this movie, watch it. But also um, Jack is so specifically like he's English, mm-hmm. of course, um, very suave. His hair, so much product in his hair, sweeping it back. He's butch like, yet beautiful. <laughs> He's, he's, per- he's Captain perfect. America meets Albert Schweitzer. <laughs> he's he's so perfect, and it be- and it's just so easy for her to like jump on a boat with him because he's charismatic. He knows mm-hmm. how to. I mean, so much of that is like he knows everything about her. But um, it has to be someone that you're like, yeah, yeah. I mean, if I'm on vacation, vacation boo, <laughs> and I meet this English guy who is so suave. You're thinking, like, I'm never going to see him again. Let's have a little tryst. Yeah. It just has to be that person that you would be drawn to. And so I picked Dev Patel. Oh, that's interesting. Because he's not the most, like, machismo dude in the world. No. But I think if you... It's one of those things where, like, oh, if you... First of all, I don't know if I've ever seen him play a bad guy. And I think that would be kind of fun. Yeah, I don't, I don't think so. Um... But also, it is that sort of, like, James Bond-ish thing of, like, I don't know. There's just something kind of suave about him. Yeah. And that's why she jumps on the boat. I think that's a great pick because he's so unassuming in that role that you you would be, like, horrified when it's finally revealed, like, oh, this motherfucker. Oh, no, she's in, like, so much fucking danger. Because think about how much more the scene would have been impactful if, like, he... Because I can't even remember why he gets up, but he, like, goes to do something and comes back and finds her, like, holding the gun. And we're like, what's going on? Yeah. See, I think that's a really smart pick. I don't think my pick is as smart. I think my pick was affected by, like, I just want you to like my pick. Whoa. (laughs) Have you talked about this in therapy? (laughs) It's the only thing I talk about in therapy. I I can't believe I spend all of this money talking about how much I just want you to like my picks. Um, I picked Orlando Bloom. (gasps) Oh, my gosh. That's good. Um, I That's just, good. I'm just, I'm, th- I'm sitting here like he's, he's, he's an older Orlando now. Like he's not yeah. the dashing Legolas or the like, like swashbuckling Will Turner. He like, but you see Orlando Bloom at a cafe in a European city or like on a beach in Mexico and he starts talking to you. You're going to be like, holy shit. Yeah. You're going to be like, guy. who's this guy? And I also think, like, maybe he could live in that world, too, where you're like, at first, you're like, oh, fuck, like, Orlando Bloom's here. This is going to be great. I'm going to watch, like, mm-hmm. you know, my lead actress and Orlando Bloom running around. I love movies like that. I've watched four right. movies with <laughs> Orlando, seven movies with Orlando Bloom running around with people on adventures. And then it's just like, oh, fuck. He's he's a he's a cat. He's trying to, he's trying to kill this lady. Um that's so interesting because I do think it's this is so like weirdly would be a perfect movie for him to because it does have that quality of like you want somebody to show up where it's like, oh, well, this is going to be our second lead. She's going to get in some sort of trouble and she'll have this person yeah. that they're going to it's them against the whole net. Yeah. And that's not what happens. So putting forth some like star power to be like. Oh, hey, turns out he's the villain. (laughs) That's the thing when like, I mean, I'm not trying to knock Jeremy Northam like 
I'm really not. But like when he comes on screen, you're like, I don't know this person. He seems sus. Like, yeah. If yeah. you see someone familiar, I feel like it's more like, oh, awesome. Like this person's in this movie and it's going to be these two. Like, yeah, like on a, in yeah. a on a run kind of thing. Um. Anyways, I uh, here's another thing about fucking Jack, which is why he's also really bad at his job. One of the biggest parts of the movie that like really loses me is it, and it's like sort of at the height near the climax of the movie is Angela has got a copy of the virus uh, of mm-hmm. of the Praetorian's gatekeeper system. Like she she has a she's made a copy and now she has the evidence. Um and she escapes cathedral software or security softwares and Jack is chasing her mm-hmm. and is somehow waylaid by a midnight AIDS HIV march. Okay, convenient. But then he's like, where could she be? Oh, three blocks away is legitimately a, a, a national computer convention. Gee, Jack, you think you think that might be where she's going with access to no money or computers or a place to live? And he's just like... The coincidence of the convention being there, too, is like, this is some Ferris Bueller bullshit. Like, <laughs> it just happens to be happening at the same time as this parade. And it's just like, what is... Come on. Yeah. Okay. Was I still stressed that whole time, though? Yes. Yeah. The effectiveness of this film Well, did because work. we love Angela. That's the thing. We love Angela. Yeah. We love Sandra Bullock as Angela. That's why this movie works. You know who we might not love as much? Well, maybe we do. Dr. Alan Champion. Played by Dennis Miller. <laughs> First of all, what a name. The Dr. out like what's okay, what is the most outlandish thing in this movie? That a secret internet company, security systems company, is building backdoor access into the most secret and private institutions that they have agreed to protect. Or that Sandra Bullock would ever sleep with Dennis Miller. <laughs> Here's the thing, though. Oh, no. He was her therapist. therapist. Yes. And someone that she probably sees, not necessarily as an authority figure in her life, but as a sort of, like, emotional guide. Can I see someone who does not make a lot of emotional connections with anybody having feelings for the one man in her life that she does share her feelings with and who uh, responds and treats her kindly about it? Absolutely. Is that okay for him to do? No. I believe you're a very frightened woman. I think in general, you're disconnected from the human race. I think you're way out there on your own. You mix in your father leaving. Oh, no, no. My father has nothing to do with the fact, nothing to do with the fact that my car is missing. It has nothing to do with the fact that my house is empty. It has nothing to do with the fact that the Los Angeles Police Department is chasing after me and that somebody out there wants to kill me. No! No, I believe something happened, but that just doesn't make sense. Oh, I don't want to be simplistic here, Angie, but I think you're just reaching out. Here's the thing, I just though. don't know why it's it Dennis, is Dennis Miller. Miller. <laughs> yeah. The problem is that it's Dennis Miller and we're looking at it like, oh, like, because we don't see her develop any sort of emotional connection with anyone, maybe except her mom, we understand that there's something there. We aren't looking at it from the direction of like, oh, well, like, of course there's something about this relationship. Like, no, she seems pretty, she's upset when she finds him. And then he's just sort of joking around about the fact that she hasn't talked to him in several years or anyway, I think this is something that could be, okay, that could be fixed. And I just think it's insane to see Dennis Miller in anything. But um, <laughs> I, 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 I forget that he was like a huge comedian in the 80s, early 90s. So mm-hmm. like, um, you know, SNL, Weekend Update. Um, yeah, I texted this to you. Something I never thought I'd be asking myself is who is the Dennis Miller of 2022? It's 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 like one of these things like what is Alan's relationship to Angela? You're right. Mm-hmm. It's the emotion. It's the one emotional support. Um lifeline she has so it's like i'm trying to find someone who can be as charming yes as you know in in a less creepy way like maybe it the yeah like how you explained is correct the age difference feels a little weird but 
Um, it is like him taking ultimately it is yeah. him t- taking advantage yeah. of her in a way um, and but, also I do value that you thought that I was going to say I don't know Dennis Miller's got something going on <laughs> I, the look on your face said she's, I was about worried to, for a second. she's about to reveal that he is actually super hot I was worried for a second no that was not it you were like I took one look at that double <laughs> double breasted blazer and I said yes please gotta get me some of that yum yum um <laughs> No. <laughs> okay. Um, I ended up picking Sam Richardson from Werewolves Within and Detroiters. Um, I just think, you know, he plays someone who, like, he's very funny, obviously, but, like, he can also play, like, a more, like, a more serious vein. But, like, he seems someone who would, who would be supportive and intelligent, whether he believes yes. her or not. He would be like, okay, like, let's get you to a hotel. Like, I'll, I'll take care of you. I'm on your yeah. side. I'm going to be there. And the romantic stuff wouldn't, like, creep me out as much because they are a little bit closer in age, a little bit. Is he, Yeah, he's, like, slightly older than who I picked. But, like, it's it just feels I – feel, I feel safe in his arms. You yeah. Know what I, mean? I, think, I think something that you've kind of nailed is the thing that I couldn't stop thinking about, which was – the idea that Dennis Miller being a comedian sort of helps the character, I think, feel a lot lighter than anything else we're experiencing. And I was like, we don't necessarily need that, but it also works. And while it is kind of confounding and I don't necessarily think they thought about it that way, trying to find that same person to have that same exact quality where we're like, I guess I buy it. Like, I think Sam Richardson does that because he would like the thing we like, I think hopefully we both liked about Dr. Champion is that when he first appears, of course he's like, okay, she's a little bit crazy. And then there's a point where he's like, I believe you. And that's probably his most endearing quality is that he's like, I don't know what's going on, but I believe you and we're going to figure it out. And so they start this journey together. It doesn't last very long, but I think I, I think I could see Sam Richardson doing the thing of like, at first we're like, okay, who's this like goofball? Yeah. And then in his sincerity is like, okay, no, I believe you. I want to help you. Yeah. And then I feel like I went through a lot of emotions when he first starts coughing because I'm like, oh my gosh, they're going to try to kill Alan. And I'm thinking, oh my gosh, he's going to be, he's going to become what we kind of thought Jack was going to be where they're, they're the people yeah. that are going to go on this journey. And then he dies. Yeah. And that felt like, that felt so extreme, especially because I just, I just have a bone to pick with all the doctors in this movie who are relying on computer software to tell them what's happening with their patient without looking at them like it's not written down somewhere on a file that he's not diabetic like right like the fact that the doctor probably has whoever helped him first probably has looked at his file and then it has changed to reveal that like the biggest thing happening right now is that he's a diabetic yeah i it is confounding but that's how that's how the doctor dies and he's just dead. He's only there for a moment. Yeah, I think he's in the movie for like 10 minutes, maybe 15 minutes. Who anyway, did you, who did you pick? Um, I had a lot of trouble with this. Mm-hmm. Uh, I thought about several different people and I was like, I don't know, maybe they're a little too serious or maybe they're a little too funny. Um, and then I kind of decided to just do the insane thing. Uh-huh. And straight out the gate, first episode of the year, Oscar Isaac. Happy beats here, buddy. Come on. I don't know. I believe it. Uh, It's not crazy. It it was it was dangling in my brain (laughs) for a little bit. Like so, we pulled the trigger on this on this guy. Um, nothing bad to say about Oscar Isaac. I think it's a great idea. I mean, he's so charming. The thing, though, that would confound me would be, like, why don't these two just, like, why didn't their affair last? Like, I feel like their connection would have 
Because it doesn't matter how attractive someone is if ultimately they're, you're being manipulated emotionally. Oh, whoa. <laughs> What's the matter? <laughs> no, you just like... I, <laughs> That's the you truth. You just totally just schooled me on like, on, uh, like just with full psychology here. You're right. Because I'm coming in from this idea... Because like... In the hospital scene, it generally feels like they care about each other. Mm -hmm. But I'm completely deleting the origin of their history, which is that like every week she comes to see him for emotional support. And every week he's like, hey, maybe you'd feel better if you take off your shirt and I'll take off my pants. And then we'll Wait, keep so this you together. Think, you think their relationship was that their appointments became... Like rendezvous. No, I well, eventually, okay, eventually, because she's seeing him for therapeutic help. Yes. Eventually, that has to start somewhere. It doesn't have to be in the office. But, like, what I'm saying is that, like, eventually, his knowledge of her emotional state and uh -huh. her lack of knowledge of him at all, which is how therapy works, is yes. basically you're not supposed to know anything. Yeah, he takes advantage of her, but I'm complete. I've completely erased that from because watching this movie, it's like they're best. They were like long lost friends, and it's like, hey, I haven't heard from you in a while. Like, good to see you. Let's have some drinks. Let's hang out. And she's like, no, Alan, I'm being stalked by a murderous, like Illuminati group. And then when he's in the hospital, she's like. I understand that it's like, you know, he's the only one who believes her. So there's a, that level, like when yeah. she loses him, then it's like she's completely fucked. But like, it's really made to seem like whatever they had was, or at least got to a point where they, where they did care about each other to some degree. But you're right. That's why I was like so <laughs> taken aback. Because you're right. You are right. That's how this whole thing started. So, but ultimately, I think to the to your point, it almost does make me want this character to be played a little more like straight because I kind of want her to m see him, and it's weird because it's like, well, you're my therapist, and then we were sleeping together, and then we had to cut that off because you're married yeah. and you're my therapist and all of this business, and now you're the only person who knows that I'm me. Yeah. And it's like it's not them being kind of like cutesy and funny. It's her just needing his help, and then he happens to mention that he's not with his wife anymore, and so some of those feelings come back because it's like, if you weren't married, would we have been able to work this out? And like we just get a little more into because ultimately we don't see them be romantic together. Yeah. I think that's what's weird. Yeah. Is like they barely touch each other. And so we're like, oh, okay. So these guys were like hot and heavy and now there's nothing. Well, I think cause Angela's trying to keep it at arm's length. She needs him there because he knows who she is and he has patient records of who she is and can yes. prove that this whole thing is a nightmare. But yeah, I mean, the OG Oscar Isaac coming back strong right out of the gate. I love it. Why not? You know, I don't think I picked him a single time last year. I was going to say, I feel like I kept maybe trying to pick him for stuff. And it it's just, I don't, he didn't fit. We also did, did like seven episodes. episodes. Um, yeah, I think that's a great, great pick. Um, shall we move on to Mr. Barry Pepper? Yes, absolutely. Guys, where does Barry Pepper go? A lot of options. Um, I picked this character mostly just so I could bring him up and talk about him. But do I think this works for Barry Pepper? Absolutely. I made him Ben Phillips. That's who I also made him. <gasps> because what, what a moment it would be mm -hmm. after Angela, after... Um, Alan dies after Angela is completely now alone yes. after she is caught by the police running through the mountains of Bakersfield. Like, where is she going? She's oh, she's driving to San Francisco. Yes, she's on. And she gets caught by the <laughs> yes. highway patrol. And it's so sad when they like bring her to the ground. She's just like faintly whispering. I'm Angela Bennett. I'm Angela Bennett. I'm Angela she's Bennett. losing it. She ends up in like a maximum security prison. <laughs> she has the tragic phone call. 
with her mom where she's just like, I just need you to tell them who I am. Can you do that, mom? Oh my gosh, it's so sad. And then suddenly, like a beam of light, this FBI agent shows up and you're like, oh my God, Alan came through in death. And wouldn't it be great to see Mr. Barry Pepper's face and be like, thank God Barry Pepper's here. But then wouldn't it also be great Mm -hmm. when they're driving away and you fucking realize, much like Angela does, that this guy's a fucking liar. And she's in grave fucking danger. I think this is one of the smartest things the movie does because my thought process when I'm like, oh, who is like, who is bailing her out of jail? Who knows about, like, what is going on? And so when he's like, I'm Ben Phillips, you're like, Ben, I forgot. <laughs> Where I have you been, Ben? Ben. You're 24 hours late, you and fucking asshole. And I'm so asshole. excited for her because I'm like, finally. Like, this movie is a Rolodex of her meeting up with someone who should be able to help her. It is the ultimate then, gaslight movie. Yes. And every time you think they give her a lifeboat of a fucking ally. And then he starts asking about the, the disc and if she made a copy. And we're like, oh. And then ultimately rewatching the scene, which I did looking for clips, I was like, I think this actor played it way too hard. <laughs> he was like, He was like, Yeah, yeah, is that what happened? Those sons of bitches, those Praetorians, been on they're the most yeah. evilest. And I was like, We should have known from the start. <laughs> this man is acting. Man, what you've been through? <laughs> I can't believe it. We're going to get them, Angela. We're going to get them we're, good. We're now, where's the disc? <laughs> the scariest son of a bitch is he is the guys behind the keyboards and worse. The Praetorians. They're our first good lead. We've been chasing them for years. But look, we have to move like SAP here, so I want you to start sketching me a quick background, all right? Okay. Um... Like, uh... Instance, how the hell did you access this system in the first place? I didn't. A uh, uh, programmer at Cathedral, he sent the disc to me. <laughs> Yep. Goddamn disc. That's what kickstarted all this, huh? Angie. Angie, tell me. Did you make a copy of the disc? I mean, before it was ruined in Mexico. But I love the idea of being like, oh, here's a familiar face. Barry Pepper. This guy can't, yeah. this guy has to be the one to save the day and to help her through the rest of this journey. And then once again, we're fooled. And he just dies pretty much immediately too <laughs> well i will say angela is a little bit of a dum-dum on this one she never asks for identification not like he couldn't forge identification well he presents identification at the does he yes oh all right maybe he I does the that. old fbi flip he's like huh, huh. ben phillips he's like i'm ben phillips oh you can see exactly <laughs> but like she should be like okay i would have been like call call the fbi right now i'm at a police station they yeah. think I'm an insane person. You need to call the FBI right now. I trust nobody. Call them yeah. right now. Here's a phone. Call them. Like, at what point Put when this you're on Angela, phone. are you like, I just have to double check absolutely everything because I don't exist right now? <laughs> it's also like, how does she do that in 2022? Is like, give me your phone. And then, like, does she call every number on his in his phone and is just like, whose number is this? I'm not going to lie. There was a point where when she first finds the information about, I think, like, Jeff Gregg at her workplace. And she's, like, trying to find a disc to, like, save it on. There was a piece of me that was like, just take a picture of it with your phone. <laughs> it's 1995. These people barely have cell phones. Um, um, okay. I don't have any other notes. But do you have any notes? I feel like the other thing that I think this movie does super effectively and that I wanted to give them praise for is that while ultimately it is kind of the worst thing, I enjoyed the fact that we get so much backstory from things happening in the background that we are still able to like (sighs) cognizantly attach to the story. Like there's so many... It's like a news story or an interview happening sort of off to the side or it's just things happening that aren't necessarily being told to Angela or talked about between people on screen as like the main focus. Like we're learning so much. It's like Wall Street gets hacked. Like the Atlanta Braves got (laughs) hacked. Like it's like airports are getting hacked. Like Right. It's and it's none of it is like her having any of these like false moments of like, aha. 
well, now I know why all the flights were messed up. But the like that never it does happens. happen. But like it happens in her in like in her darkest hour when she's like talking to the public defendant who's like you. If you want me to call you Cleopatra, I'll call you Cleopatra. But she, yeah. but she now sounds insane because she's like Wall Street, the airplanes, the baseball, like it's all of it. Don't you see? Don't you see? <laughs> and they're like, okay, okay. I'm Mrs. Nesbitt. <laughs> That's what it feels like in that moment. <laughs> um, I am going to Mexico next week. Oh, where? Uh, I would rather not say in case (laughs) some government agency is tracking this podcast. Listen, if something happens to me while I'm while I'm in Mexico, just just know. I'll probably just stay in Mexico. I'll just probably stay on the beach. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You would not have you would not have tried to like do anything. You would have been like, well, I guess I'm a citizen of the world. (laughs) It would be great if like three weeks from now you're like in my apartment recording a podcast and the person sitting across from you is definitely not me and you're just like he was netted he got netted he got netted oh guys that's really and then true. you go along like this ruth marks is actually me for the rest of time but here's the thing also she so the guy who gives her the virus dies violently in a plane crash and then when she calls Cathedral back to be like, okay, well, let me talk to my supervisor or whoever, he's no longer with the company. And so I'm like, did they murder this guy too? Maybe. They're just offing people who knew Angela's knew face. her specifically. <clears throat> so I'm in danger if you get netted. That's true. A l- yes. A lot of people are in A danger. lot of people. I'm very popular. <laughs> but that's the lesson. Get out there. Meet people. It'd be yeah. a lot harder to get netted. Would you remake this movie? <laughs> I'm going to say yes. I think there is a version of this movie and people know this not well enough that you could make a version of this movie and just attach it to some new fears we have about Mm. the global network of humans and all the information in the world being on the internet. Like I think... Because it still exists. Like, the internet still exists, and we know it a little better, but we still have fears about how people access our our information and being lied to on the internet. Like, all of that is still relevant. And so I think there is a version of this Mm. that would be very fun and that people would think was just an original idea because nobody knows <laughs> no about this movie. This movie. <laughs> I said no, maybe because I'm more terrified of other things in 2022 than some internet conspiracy. Like if the internet shut down, I'd be like, great, no more fake news. No more actual news. <laughs> but no more. Well, here I think I think you're right. If the internet, well, the point of this is not that the internet gets shut down. No, it's like some uh, some Illuminati gets control of the government. Cause I think, and I'm like, you know what? Let's throw a bone <laughs> to the conspiracy theorists. Listen, I if you have not watched that HBO documentary about QAnon, it's actually terrifying. And I think that's what keeps my brain open to the idea of this being a really interesting thriller. Is that I was like watching stuff happen mm. in that that I was like, oh. Okay, yeah, there's like a side of the internet I know nothing about. You do make a great point of like doing the net in 2022 as like, it's not so much like we're erasing you, but we're putting you amongst all the other insane people in the world. Like, Mm -hmm. how do you stand out as a victim in a sea of insanity? Like, it that is actually a very interesting idea. But I'm still saying, nah, I mean, I got my TV show, so I'm good. As a fan, I got the TV you got show. The t- okay, good. you're a TV show <laughs> purist. Um, all right, guys, thank you so much for joining us on this episode of Rebooted. If you like this episode, please go back and check out our past episodes. They're fucking great. <laughs> you're missing out. Um, and stay tuned for more new episodes this year. Uh, we're going to try and do more than seven. I'm, I'm sure we can probably do more than that. You know, if we want. You know what? Maybe we we don't feel the pressure. Yeah, we're going to do whatever we want. Yeah. And you, you don't matter. <laughs> <laughs> 
Um, but please check them out. Tell your family, tell your friends, tell your enemies. Kenna, where can people find us? You can find this podcast on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Podbean, now Spotify, and wherever you get your podcasts. Stop by and leave us a rating and a review. That's a great way to help us out. I don't know if people still do that anymore, but... Um... You can also find us on social media at RebootedPod on Twitter and at RebootedPod on Instagram. It's the same everywhere. It's like the easiest thing to do. I don't know why you haven't done it. Possibly because I don't post on there anymore. That's my New Year's resolution. I'm going to post things on our Instagram. (laughs) (laughs) I feel like you say this every episode, but it's fine. Uh, All right, guys. We will see you next time. Have a good life. Don't get netted. I feel like... Do Gray Scott got netted by Tom Cruise? Histamine of champions.